Okay, so I have a question for you guys. Has there ever been a time um, when you've had some kind of infection like strep or a cold or something like that where you have looked longingly at the hand sanitizer and thought to yourself, gee, what if I just mixed a little bit of that hand sanitizer with this hot cup of tea right now? Wouldn't that just sterilize me right up? Wouldn't that heal me, make me healthy again? Is that actually a good idea? Assuming you didn't somehow poison yourself with a hand sanitizer, would you actually really want to have a totally sanitized life? All this and so much more in today's episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. I, as always, am your host, Dr. K. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. If this is your first time, or if you have nay already, be sure to like and follow and share this episode or shared the whole podcast for bonus points. Um, In addition, you can keep up with the show and other cool science that we're doing by following our Instagram page at Science with Dr. K. That is Science with Dr. Underscore K. Now, um, last week, we had a really, really cool conversation about antibiotic resistance or this overall idea that bacteria can become resistant to whole swaths of different antibiotics. Um, We talked about how Basically, antibiotics of all stripes, all kinds, form what's called a bottle, a population bottleneck, excuse me, and how that bottleneck can create whole bunches of bacteria that are resistant to that antibiotic. We also ended with this pretty chilling notion of there being what I will call a bacterial arms race, where we come up with antibiotics, and then gradually, really quickly, if we don't do it right, bacteria become resistant to those antibiotics. And then we have to come up with another antibiotic. The downside to something like this is that at this point, we're discovering fewer and fewer antibiotics that we can readily use in medicine. So we have to start thinking of other ways that we can overcome or subdue infectious bacteria. Now, um, this actually coincides with a question we have from one of our audience. This question we have today comes from someone named Marielle from Kansas. Marielle had a question about if it's okay to repeatedly use industrial chemicals like effervescent or kitchen sanitizing tablets. Those are good examples here. Um, is it okay to repeatedly use those things to clean stuff like your hands or sinks or things like this? And this question can also... Um, be used for things like hand sanitizer? Is it possible to overuse hand sanitizer or Purell and any any of these other um, types of chemicals? Now, both of these questions, I think, can be joined together for for the purposes of this discussion related to antibiotic resistance in the following way. If you want to avoid bacteria so much, why don't you just dunk yourself in a bath of hand sanitizer every so often and get rid of them? Now, As discerning members of the listening population, you already have at least a handful of answers right out of the gate. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know, or maybe you know just from your interactions with the outside world and bacteria in general, that we all need some kind of bacteria or another. We can't just get rid of them right now, right? We rely on them for so many different things that if our bacteria just disappeared, we'd probably all die pretty quickly, right? It's also, excuse me, it's also worth pointing out here there's a very big distinction between hygiene and sanitation. Sanitation would be just like, is described as just this total removal of bacteria. And we typically do things, uh, do that with things like bleach or hand sanitizer. Um, we also sanitize things in a laboratory context with something called an autoclave machine, which is essentially just this big sterilization box that works by increasing the temperature and increasing the pressure of that environment inside the box until really nothing can 
live there anymore. Um, so that's how we sanitize in the lab. But this whole process of sterilization is very different and very distinct from the notion of hygiene, which can be described as furthering conditions uh, that promote health, oftentimes through general cleanliness. Um, and it turns out you don't need to completely get rid of your bacteria in order to promote health. Now, this actually raises up a couple of really cool questions. And the first one is, is it's more closely related. And it's just basically how clean is too clean? Is it possible to overuse something like hand sanitizer or dish cleaner or any of these other industrial cleaners that we mentioned? Um, is it possible to overuse them? And the answer is most definitely yes. Even if you put to the side um, the, uh, the, the effect that something like hand sanitizer can do, right, if you're using it over and over and over, if you put to the even if you put to the side the impact that that can have on your skin, it is primarily alcohol after all, um, there are some problems that can happen to your microbiome if you try to over-sterilize yourself, right? One of the first major problems is that you tend to enrich for lower diversity, right? So think about it this way. If you take hand sanitizer, for example, and you rub it all over your hands, pretty much all the bacteria are going to die. The two bacteria that will come back first will be, number one, the bacteria that are resistant to hand sanitizer somehow, and number two, bacteria nearby that grow really, really fast. Eventually, other bacteria are going to come back, but the ones that come back first are going to be those two, right? Now, you can keep on hitting your hands with sanitizer, but all that's going to do is that's going to enrich those bacteria, decreasing both the, you'll remember these terms, species richness and species diversity of the bacteria. Now, we've already seen that there is a problem when it comes to decreasing the richness and diversity of bacterial species within our bodies. One such problem that arises, in particular when you decrease something like gut bacteria diversity and richness, is an increased incidence of allergies. If there's not a whole lot of diversity of bacterial species, then the immune system tends to overreact a little bit. You can think about it that way, possibly think that the gut bacteria is actually a pathogen, right? But it can overreact to other things that it encounters as well. And that's what leads to this increased incidence of allergies. That's kind of how you can think about it. Um, this is another reason, which is, I'm sorry, this is another reason why you want, and if you want to decrease your risk of allergies, especially if you're a young child, is to increase your microbial diversity by things like snuggling dogs. I know, it's a horrible burden. Or if you want, you can also spend time on a farm if you have access to a farm. These things are all good at increasing the diversity of your microbiome. Now, sanitation not only impacts the gut microbiome like we just described, it's also involved with things like lungs and hands as well. And while using something like hand sanitizer is a totally fine and a great way to prevent the spread of something like a viral or bacterial infection, the devil, as always, is in the details when it comes to how much are you using it. If you're using it just every so often, like before you shake hands with other people, or if you just sneeze directly into your hand, that's fine. Go for the hand sanitizer. But if you're just using it over and over and over and over and over again, you'll run into the problem that we mentioned earlier, um, not only just enriching resistant bacteria, but also decreasing diversity and richness. This actually became a really, really big deal during the pandemic. While there were a lot of folks who were trying to avoid getting sick by using hand sanitizer and soap and water continuously, while they were maybe, maybe able to avoid getting sick to a certain extent, they undoubtedly disrupted their microbiome in that way just by overusing those products. In this paper that came out in 2020, the height of the pandemic, um, there was a group of researchers that predicted that using so many different sterilization techniques could damage lung and skin microbiomes. And there could be really long-standing effects as a result of something like that. So all this is not to say that 
hand sanitizer and things like this are bad. They're totally fine. They're totally good to use as a way of not spreading pathogens. But overusing such products can lead not only to antibiotic-resistant bacteria, but also decreasing your own microbial diversity and richness. So it's fine to use them. Just be intentional of their use, and don't be afraid to, you know, have a little bit of bacteria on you. That's totally fine. Now, this leads into the second kind of fun question that I think is related, and it's this. What would happen if you could just totally sanitize yourself of bacteria? Or, or I guess maybe that's not really the right, right question because you would just... You know, you'd just be recolonized by the fastest growing bacteria again, and you'd be, you would just, you would die. Um, how about this? What if you could entirely sanitize the world? What if you could totally get rid of all the bacteria on the planet? What would happen to us? What would happen to the world? Um, now, that's actually, while maybe in, in theory pretty easy to picture what a world without bacteria would be like, it's actually really hard to imagine because bacteria are involved in so much of what we do. They're involved with making cheese. That's a huge part of my life. They're involved with degradation of waste. They're involved with our immune system modulation. They're involved with a lot of different things. So a bacteria-free world would look a lot different from what it would be right now. But would we actually just die? What would exactly happen to us? Now, likely the answer would be not immediately. I mean, scientists even now have been able to generate and study so-called germ-free animals or animals with no no microbiome. Um, these include things like germ-free rats and germ-free chickens. They obviously have to be kept in a very, very strict and very, very sterile conditions. And they're used to study a bunch of different things, including the impact of different microbiomes on health. Now, back in uh, earlier parts of the 20th century, folks got super, super excited about reports that suggested that a germ-free animal would actually live longer than a germ-full animal, an animal with bacteria on it, right? And this led to this idea that sterilization was actually the best way to live a healthy life and honestly may have been what led to the stigma associated with the word germ. But while generally these germ-free animals live a little bit longer, remember, they're in very, very, very controlled and specific environments. And they're actually some other characteristics found in germ-free animals that could be really bad if we took them out into the real world. For example... Um, a germ-free animal, like a germ-free mouse or a germ-free chicken, like I mentioned, they actually have decreased bowel movement, which could be very dangerous and very painful if we brought that out into the real world. They also have much weaker immune systems, which you can understand if there's not as many bacteria around, but it would make living in a world with a bunch of cancer-inducing agents very, very dangerous, right? They would also have decreased organ size. So a lot of the activities that you could do now, which rely on larger, stronger organs, you probably wouldn't, you probably couldn't do if you were totally germ-free. So a lot of these side effects haven't been studied in great depth, to be honest, but suffice it to say that none of these things are exactly healthy. So maybe not having a microbiome wouldn't be so good after all, but it doesn't actually stop right there. What about the rest of the world? Are there any really, really big changes that we would notice in a sterilized world? Well, Actually, yes, there will be some really, really big changes. <laughs> um, in a 2014 paper uh, called Life Without Microbes, there was a group of scientists that pointed out that one of the biggest and most pressing things would be the impact of nitrogen. See, nitrogen gas turns out that it's the most common gas in the air, and it's utilized by plants. But plants typically can't just suck the nitrogen out of the air, right? That enviable task belongs to bacteria um, such as rhizobium that live on these so-called root nodules. But that's a different topic. Um, they take the nitrogen out of the air and then they process it into something that's usable by the plants. Actually, 
that that is a that whole story is actually really really cool as well so we may have to do a story just on how nitrogen is picked up or fixed as we would say um but that again that's a different topic so so plants use bacteria or bacteria fix nitrogen as a way of getting it into something that plants can use. Uh, and then, and if we sterilize the world of bacteria, then the plants wouldn't have any way of getting the nitrogen out of the air. And the plants would probably all be dead in like a year. And then we would just die soon after that, if not before. Now, the researchers also pointed out that we could probably keep the plants alive synthetically, but we would still run into some further problems. First of all, if the bacteria and plants aren't there to suck up the nitrogen in the atmosphere, there's going to be way, way, way more nitrogen around, right? This in turn could impact the types of animals that could grow, enriching for stuff like nitrogen-rich fish and things like this. A second problem would be the change in the gas composition of naturally occurring air, which would now have even more nitrogen in it, right? I mentioned that the bacteria are pulling the nitrogen out, so if the bacteria aren't there, there's just going to be a lot more nitrogen in the air naturally. With decreases in plants and decreasing in oxygen-producing bacteria, which are also super common, we talked about cyanobacteria a handful of weeks ago, we'd start to see, number one, an increase in CO2 levels, which would cause a really rapid global warming event, and number two, a decrease in oxygen levels, which, as it turns out, we humans are quite fond of. So we would be in a bit of a pickle as far as our atmosphere, as far as our atmosphere, excuse me, would be concerned, but the scientists ultimately pointed out that you probably could have some life, at least for a little bit, but they predicted that if we got rid of all the bacteria in the world, um, while we'd probably have like a happy day or two where we would have no bacterial disease, things would things would unwind pretty rapidly and we'd probably go extinct in like a year. Probably yes. Le probably yes. Probably less than a year. Excuse me. Um, now, all of this is just to reemphasize the point that bacteria aren't bad. You know, we're tied up with them. We can't we can't really get rid of them, and, you know, we really shouldn't want to. You and I, we are holding bacteria in the palm of our hands right now, um, but they, too, are holding us in the palm of their little cilia or whatever you would call the hand of a bacteria. So our, our attitude towards bacteria shouldn't be one of fear. It shouldn't. We shouldn't be hell-bent on always just trying to get rid of them. We should just approach bacteria in a respectful and intentional way, and that's the best way, I think, to think about bacteria. Okay, so where does this leave us? Um, well, let us recap. Number one, there's a big difference between sanitation, removing all bacteria, and hygiene, furthering conditions that promote health, often through overall cleanliness. Number two, while sanitation is helpful in some conditions, over-sanitizing can both lead to an increase in antibiotic resistance and decrease the species' richness and diversity of the microbiome. Number three, on the animal level, being totally germ-free may keep us living a little bit longer in controlled conditions, but it has a bunch of unhealthy side effects like decreased organ size and weakened immune systems. And finally, number four, on the planetary level, sanitizing the globe of bacteria would probably lead to a catastrophic collapse of the environment and likely extinction within a year or so. Now, Dr. K, you say, I have been listening patiently to you speak for so long, and now I must needs interject. It would appear that there is no getting rid of bacteria. And in fact, it would be a bad idea to try and do that, it seems. But it still leaves us with this problem of antibiotic resistance. If sterilizing the planet isn't the way to go, what are some of these other ways that we mentioned last week that we can use to stop bacteria when they've gone off the rails? And this is a great question. And I, like I said, I mentioned last week that there are researchers out there right now 
who are fighting the good fight to try and answer that question. But I wanted to emphasize here in this episode, before we jumped into that, that while it's tempting to throw back a little bit of hand sanitizer when you're sick, the game plan should never be to kill all the bacteria. Their fate and our fate, they're just too, they're just too intertwined. Now, next week, we'll start to dive into some of these emerging tools in the fight against antibiotic resistance, and we'll start off with a tiny little critter that's actually should be pretty familiar, but that is all that we have time for right now. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, remember to follow and share to help out the show, and be sure to tune in next time with me, Dr. K, on another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria.